I did not go to school for most of my eighth grade year and definitely not something that was approved in their lens until it was giving them some sense of credibility or some sense of gain. <laughs> what is up everybody? This is Michael Zakan, founder and CEO of Our Future. We're the go-to business podcast and media brand for Gen Z looking to unlock their future in context of our future. And this is the second episode within our social impact series, which I'm co-hosting with the incredible Jess Lozano Schmidt. And here she is to introduce herself again. Hello, everyone. So excited. We have an amazing episode ahead. As you know, I'm Jess. I'm the co-founder of Electric Potential, trying to change the world within social impact. Let's dive right in. Today's guest is Sarah Goody. She is a 16-year-old climate activist. She made international headlines as she began to strike against climate change every Friday in San Francisco. And since that time, she's amassed a huge following, has gained a ton of attention for the climate change issue, starting an organization, Climate Now, which has educated over 10,000 students about climate change. So this interview is crazy. It is amazing what she's been able to do at such a young age. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. You started off by protesting in San Francisco for 50 consecutive Fridays. Is that, is that correct? Can you kind of walk us through that, 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 that story? <laughs> yeah. So I first got involved in uh, climate activism and in, in the climate movement when I was in sixth grade. So 12 years old. And in my science class, we learned about this topic of climate change and really talked about how, you know, climate change, it's not just an issue that's impacting our environment and about our environment. It's also, you know, a racial justice issue. It's an animal rights issue. It's a human rights issue. So really connected those pieces, especially, you know, growing up in Northern California where wildfires have been such a big part um, of my, you know, life and of, I think, other high schoolers and middle schoolers who are located where I am. And I was able to really see how those two problems are connected and how climate change is fueling uh, these disasters that we're seeing right now in society. So I knew I had to do something. I went out and started learning more about this issue. I got involved in different youth-led organizations and initiatives. And then eventually in 2019, I found the Fridays for Future movement when I was in New York at a conference. And I just thought it was an awesome idea. I had never been to a strike before, but knew that I wanted to go ahead and try. So I went out to San Francisco City Hall and throughout um, eighth grade, I was there every single week, sitting outside the building, interacting with uh, the people there and just trying uh, to bring this awareness to the Bay Area about this issue of climate change and truly harness the power of just being able to sit outside and um, utilize your right to protest to make a difference. That's crazy. Like, that's not a normal story. And that's definitely not how I think most people spend their Fridays. And the fact that you did that is like incredible and really admirable. But did you get into any trouble for that? Like, what were the consequences of you missing? Like, did you miss school? I, yeah, I did not go to school for most of my eighth grade year. And that was not something that was highly approved of. It wasn't until I started gaining some attention and people started talking about it and I started getting some recognition that my school administration would even talk to me about it. It was 
definitely not something that was approved in their lens until it was giving them some sense of credibility or some sense of gain. And then, you know, moving into high school, that was really difficult trying to get my administration to approve because they told me that I wasn't going to be able to pass freshman year if I continued going on with these strikes. And I was like, I can't just be in freshman year for the rest of my life. Uh, So I had to really pivot and see how I could um, compromise with my school, with my parents, and also not take away this important part of my life. Well, you you took a risk, right? And just to bring it back through the lens of entrepreneurship, just like any founder, you threw yourself, you know, off the cliff. And in this case, it wasn't a cliff, it was a street and you had a sign. (laughs) And um, you wrote an eloquent piece about, you know, how you learned about entrepreneurship through this process. And, you know, it's it's kind of like the minimum viable product. What was the minimum viable product? You put on, you know, an outfit and you grabbed a sign. What was on that very first sign that, that you held up and, and how did that evolve over time? I want to say the first message I had on my sign was school strike for climate. And I pretty, I kept that pretty consistent throughout all of my climate strikes because that was the main message of Fridays for Future and was just simply stating what this is. But, you know, over time I started to see what worked, what didn't work. I mean, I remember the first time I went to City Hall and I was like super scared. I didn't know where I could sit. I didn't know if I was even allowed to be there. Um, I was by myself. And then over time, as I continued learning about what I was doing, as I made mistakes and as I grew from them, I really started to adapt how I would go out and I would strike. I started bringing more signs with me so that there were more than one focal point. I started trying to get other students to join me. I started going actually to the ferry building after a while and noticing that a lot of the traction was dying down in front of City Hall. And most of the people I was interacting with were uh, wedding parties who were coming in (laughs) to elope. So I had to kind of pivot that mindset and started doing some at the San Francisco ferry building as well. So I think, you know, in terms of entrepreneurship, climate activism and the work that I do is so relatable. And we're going through the same type of struggles and the same processes growing and learning and developing. And just taking a quick break to hear from our sponsor, Verb Energy. Verb Energy Bars are caffeinated energy bars with 65 milligrams of caffeine as much as an espresso. And you can eat them. It's kind of a weird concept being able to eat caffeine, but these little bars get me so hyped. They come in delicious flavors like double chocolate, vanilla latte, and peppermint mocha. And you can just pop them in. You're getting caffeine boost, but you're also eating food, which I think is the coolest part. Now, Verb will ship you, the listener, a starter pack for just $12. Just $12, you'll get 16 energy bars to try. And you can get that deal at the link in the description of the podcast or by going to verbenergy.com slash ourfuture. Test it out. See if you like it because these bars are super good and they get me so pumped when I'm working on the podcast. Okay, back to the show. Yeah, even from like a marketing standpoint, like what hashtags work, like what platform should you be on? How like how have you navigated that at all? It's been it's been interesting. And now, especially when everything is so digital and there's no more striking in person, there's no more connecting at summits across the world. Everything's 
online, I've really had to learn, you know, how do I use this as a strategy? How do I take advantage of everyone being in one spot at one time and not having to travel or not having uh, to go through other barriers to get and connect with other people? So I, I actually think in that lens, like this pandemic and social media and just all these virtual assets that we have right now have been so helpful in my own journey and in making what I do more applicable to many other people. You and I, we met on Clubhouse. Like we yeah. were in this like guru room and I was like, I don't need a guru. I need to talk to Sarah. And it was pretty crazy because it was this person giving us advice. And I was like, no, I think we can be the ones giving advice. Let's talk about, let's talk about confidence, right? So, I mean, a lot of people ask me, they're like, and I'm sure Jessica gets this too, like, how do you go and like you interview these, these CEOs, these founders with, with confidence, like they're a peer. Um, but I mean, what you did is, is even more than that. It's standing out in public with a bunch of strangers, a bunch of different types of, of people in public, you know, by yourself. And it started out by yourself. I'm sure you, you had, you know, your followers grew over time and you have friends stand with you and stuff, but kind of, how did you find that confidence? to do that. And you're in sophomore high school and you do public speaking and all this. And, um, you know, I could tell you that when I was a sophomore in high school, there's no way I would have been able to, to, to do any of that. So tell us a little bit about kind of how you view that. I think people view me as being this super confident, um, super, you know, comfortable in my own body and, in uh, my own, abilities, especially as a speaker, when that, that couldn't be farther for them from the truth. Like I still getting on a call, talking to people, it, it makes me really nervous. I still am dealing with confidence, with comparing myself to others, with just my own self-worth. And a lot of the times, you know, the way that I put myself out there, it might seem a little bit different from that. And I think the way that I'm able to harness that energy, that I'm able to let some of that stuff go in the present moment is just truly uh, being able to ground myself within what I am doing, my, my mission, my passion and my, my statement that kind of rises above all of it. So when I'm feeling, you know, not confident or I'm feeling like I'm, I'm not worth uh, attention or not worth doing a specific thing. I think that passion and that motivation and that drive that I have kind of rises above everything else and is able to push me to do, do these things and uh, to continue speaking up and to continue doing this work. I mean, I have nothing really to add to that. I feel like having a greater good and knowing that this is so much bigger than you, that literally you're saving the world, <laughs> you have no other choice than to do it is like incredible. I mean, it's like, what else could go wrong? I mean, I, yeah. if I stand up and I make a complete fool of myself, then okay, so be it. it. It'll, you know, haunt me for the next day, but then it'll be fine. But if I don't stand up, if I don't do something about it, those consequences uh, go so far beyond my own life, go so far beyond uh, everyone who's on this planet right now. And I think that's what that kind of mindset change, being able to really uh, see where your values lie and being able uh, to compare the risk and what you're going to gain has been really helpful. So you're, you're the founder of your own organization now. So are you a are you a sixteen year old CEO? Do you go by the title of CEO, or you do you prefer another title? 
I go by founder and president. I am uh, the founder of Climate Now, which is a youth-led organization uh, that works to educate and empower young people to go out and to make a difference on this topic of climate change. Uh, we really hope to be that kind of introductory experience to this world of climate activism for so many young people around the world. And the main way that we do that is through uh, going directly into K through 12 classrooms and giving presentations about climate change and hosting events for young people to come together and just ask questions and learn more about this issue because how are people supposed to go out and make a difference and do what I'm doing if they don't even understand the problem that's at hand and the, uh, the basic science of climate change. So through education and awareness, we're really trying to raise a, a new generation of leaders and of environmentalists. The thing that I really admire about you is like, you don't, you walk the talk. It's like, you're telling me that you you're doing this, you've built this, but you've educated and like worked with over 10,000 know, like youth. That's not something anyone can say, you know, often people can be like, oh, well I did like this little thing, but you actually have like the numbers behind you. And you also have another org working with Broadway. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Sure, so when COVID went, happened. Broadway went dark due to COVID. And I mean, for as long as I can remember, maybe this is why I'm good at public speaking is because I have always uh, been a really big theater nerd and uh, musical theater and dance and performing arts have always uh, played a big role in my own life. So I saw this opportunity to really combine these interests and to work with uh, performers and with uh, the Broadway community to raise awareness about this issue of climate change. So throughout, I guess the past, uh, I'm like, when did COVID start? A year ago. Um, I've been working on this Instagram and social media, uh, media initiative called Broadway Speaks Up, uh, where we work with Broadway performers to create videos talking about their experiences with climate change and giving advice to other people who want to go out and do something. So we've worked with, I want to say, performers from upwards of 50 Broadway shows. So uh, shows like Lion King, uh, Phantom of the Opera, Jagged Little Pill, Hamilton. And overall, it's just been I, an incredible experience. It's been such a passion project for me and it really allowed my kind of creativity to shine. And it was fun doing something a little bit different from um, my normal path of education and empowerment of young people, even though I was still doing that, but. <laughs> yeah, that, that's amazing, Sarah. I mean, all this is amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm blown away by how young you are and just the way you carry yourself and the way everything you've been able to accomplish. So why don't we round this interview out with kind of some pieces of advice about how young people can be more active in this war, this fight, however you want to call it for a better future. Uh, how can we be more vocal as well as more participatory in the process? Mm -hmm. I, I think the first step you know, whether it's climate change that you're passionate about or another social justice issue, maybe it's entrepreneurship. I think that first step is finding uh, a sense of awareness. It's educating yourself about the issue because 
again, if we know the problem that's at hand, we're going to better understand what solution we can play in fighting that problem. And that goes you know, straightforward with climate change. If we understand what's causing climate change, if we understand how it's impacting communities uh, today and what's already out there to try to combat it, then that's where we can see where we bet best fit in in a solution. And you know, all of us are so unique. We have different talents. Uh, we have something new to bring to this uh, conversation around climate change and around social justice issues. So for anyone out there watching, I just think, you know, the hardest step is just deciding to get involved. So from there, it, it gets easier. And I, I really just encourage you to do something to get involved, whether that's checking out my website or Climate Now's website and uh, reading all, through all of our resources and getting involved with our volunteer program or our webinar series, or maybe it's going and looking for other organizations that might fit with your interests, or maybe it's taking individual action, you know, looking within your own life and seeing where am I contributing to this problem and what can I do to minimize uh, my own contribution? I think those are the most important steps in being an active participant in social justice movements and really helping our generation as we continue to grow and as we, you know, uh, get older and really take charge as the leaders of uh, this country and of this world. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Sarah Goody, 16-year-old climate activist and insane Gen Z founder, to, to say the least. Jess, that was that was wild, was it not? I can't wait to see what else she's going to do. I feel like yeah. this girl is going to change the world. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's amazing to be able to catch people young and then we'll see what happens. Maybe we can get her on in the future as well. But thank you everybody for listening. Please leave our future a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show grow. Get even more credibility past the incredible guests that we have on. And as always, do one thing and that is to stay frosty, everybody. Peace out. <laughs>